Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Let's Talk Talent. I'm once again joined by Joe and Frank um, for, for, for another podcast. Joe, how are you doing? I'm fine, absolutely fine. How are you? Very well, very well. Frank, are you uh, are you good? <laughs> he, won't, he won't say anything. Yeah, he's very quiet. For once, he's he's being quiet. Um, for those of you who didn't uh, download our previous podcast, Frank is the new member of the team at Let's Talk Talent, head of employee engagement. Um, he's got four legs. Um, he's a he's a great dog um, who has a, an interesting approach to, to to work, should we say? Um, but anyway, we digress. Um, <laughs> so. This week's podcast, Joe, I uh, wanted to talk around culture. Okay. Um, again, a lot about it in uh, the press at the moment. Yeah. Um, a lot of recent conferences been really yeah. honing in on culture. So um, a few questions to throw at you around culture. Um, so I guess to start off with, um, who, who's responsible for creating and maintaining a culture and workplace culture in an organisation? Does it start with the CEO and be championed by HR? Or should it be owned by HR? So I think it's a really interesting question and one that um, I've been thinking about as we've just done a big piece of culture work for a client. And before we did the work, I would have said that it would have been the CEO. But subsequently, I kind of think that it's much more now the exec team. Yeah. And the reason for that is the process that we kind of went through to get to the sort of this culture audit which was through interviews with the exec, the heads of service, focus groups, looking at data. Yeah. So we looked holistically at all the sort of elements um, and ways in which culture at this organisation could manifest itself. So whether that was through IT, whether that was through development, and really got um, an understanding of what made, what that, what made that organisation tick. Yeah. So coming out of that and producing the report, um, which we're presenting next week to the CEO, it's much more about how they can take control and not it not be at his door or at the, at the HR director's door, but how they as a leadership team can come together and include people collectively to make the culture um, better. Um, ultimately and that's been a really enjoyable piece of work because we've been able to take the learning that we've had from the talent diagnostic and very much driven about sort of initiatives and put that into practice in the way that we've kind of used lots of different ways to capture information and replay that be the mirror yeah for that business that they wouldn't be able to do themselves because they're too close to it so by using us in that way we've been able to kind of not only hold the mirror up, but also give them an unbiased view of how they can take control of their culture um, and some quick wins of, of the way that they can start to um, mend some of the fractures. Well, that's, 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 sounds like it's an interesting piece of work that was going on there. Um, so what are the pillars for creating a thriving workplace culture like, and, and how does HR support this? So I think there are um, six. I think the first one is around um, a positive workspace. And my colleague, um, I think I've talked about her before, Kirsty Groves-Knight, um, she does a lot of work in this space, and she's probably more eloquent than me in, in, to <laughs> in talking about it. But she talks very um, passionately that the working environment and the workspace say more about 
your business than any of your systems or processes. Yeah. The minute that you sort of walk in, you can get a feel of a of a place. And we've all been in those buildings where you kind of feel comfortable and where you rock up and no one knows you're there and you yeah. sit there for 15 minutes and you're sort of like, well, my no mate's in reception, no one comes and looks after you. So I think the, the workspace, um, you know, not the Google slides and all of that sort of junk that goes along with it, but it's, <laughs> it's, it's the working environment. How does it articulate it? And Airbnb are really good at that. They kind of, they talk about belonging as their sort of vision. Yeah. And their whole office is around belonging. Um, and they've carried that through um, everything that they do from their messaging through to, you know, their website to their, you know, attraction strategy. Yeah. So I think that's number one. I think number two is um, supportive managers. So managers that um, listen, give you feedback, and you know care um, in the good times and the bad times. They give you praise, but also you know when when things are difficult, are there to sort of hold you, yeah, hold you up. Um, I think the third is around um, opportunities to grow. So this is around you know career development um, opportunities, both you know in terms of stretch assignments you know, projects, but also formal uh, programs. Yeah. I think the fourth is, um, I think it's around um, clear systems and processes. So a lot of people would say it's kind of the hygiene things like your IT and your telephones and all of, you know, just making sure that you're making it really easy for people to be able to do their job, that some of that doesn't get in the way and you're nine times out of ten when you're asked to do a culture audit or when we're asked to do a culture audit the majority of the time it's about the basics and that's like stable IT or the fact that phones don't work or you know yeah. things broken that's good that's, that's doing sense. the damage and if you fix that then a lot of the other things would go away yeah the fifth is around trust in leadership so have you got a exec team that are visible that you know what role modeling and that sort of walk the talk as well you know talk the talk and then the final is around transparent and honest conversations yeah. and that's about that people can be themselves that you know that there's no penalizing for saying you know saying what you think but that people are that are they're not set it's not like this sort of like silo or um cliqueiness and people feel that they can be you know they get honest if they give feedback it gets taken into consideration and some things change yeah so if you get those sort of six elements right then i think you can have a really you know um strong cultural foundation now i read a stat that 76 percent of leaders said that their organization had a defined value system yeah yet only 31 percent of employees agree with that statement so how can an organization understand what its true culture is so i think it's i think it's by um going back to the purpose and the values of the organization so we're doing some work at the moment with sony uh, pictures 
where they've got a new CEO come in and they had, you know, they want people to understand what it means to work in that business. Yeah. So that new CEO has got rid of, you know, you know, rewritten the purpose and the vision and we're now thinking, okay, how do you join make that, you know, come to life? I think it starts and stops by having a, you know, people understand. So the Airbnb example, belonging. Yeah. You know, everybody you know, understands that. Yeah. What most organizations do is make it really complex and you have you know, um, big PowerPoint presentations, which kind of are great for the external market, but make absolutely no sense to the person that's kind of booking the Airbnb. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, totally. So totally. I think it needs to. I think just need. I think you you have to start with aligning your business, you know, um, strategy with your people strategy, and making sure that that's really coherent, and that you keep checking in. So there's real. I would. I'm a real big fan of sort of. Um, pulse you know pulsing yep. and there's lots of companies that will you know do, making a lot of money let, let's be honest in sort of doing pulse surveys around happiness for example yep. and, and tracking whether you know what's the cause of you know 50% of your business not being happy today well yeah yeah yeah. for, for me culture is, as I said at the beginning culture isn't a thing that you can easily measure it's it's, a, it's made up of all those elements yep. and I think you have to consistently not through engagement surveys you know don't get me on that we've talked about that before um sorry listeners you kind of know you, you kind of know my shtick on that um i think it's continue it's, it's continuous and it's not waiting until there's a problem it's it's kind of a bit like we talked about it again the sky performance team mm. you know with at london 2012 they didn't it wasn't one thing that made them so much better than the French yeah. or the Australians and one and one all that it was continuous improvement and I think culture is all about continuous improvement but being clear about where you're going why you're going and what you want your people to do is a it's a fail-safe way of enabling people to kind of get behind that and decide whether they're on the bus or not yeah makes sense and on the flip side what are the what are the obvious signs and i guess it, it could be the flip side of what you answered earlier but what are the what are the signs that you have a broken culture and then how does an organization go about fixing it and what's the role of hr oh some big questions okay yeah, three uh, questions in one there. yeah oh you devil um okay so um i think some one fails safe sign and you know we've seen this with a client is that you send out your engagement survey and 20% of your business fill it in and 80% don't yeah. yeah so you know regardless of whether it's statistically you know robust 80% of your business people are saying I, I don't believe in this place yeah. and I don't want to fill it in because I'm either disillusioned or I can't be bothered yeah so that might you know whether you argue it's 80 or 20 yeah um I think you also see when attrition goes up. So I think, you know, when people start to yeah, leave, um, you know, and you don't look into the reasons why. I think if you have a lot of performance management issues, so if you kind of have a lot of case, you know, ER cases. Yeah. Um, I think stress, sickness is a, yeah. I think can also be um, a sign of um, a, a sort of, broken or sort of ill um, culture I think sometimes uh, 
poor leadership. So, um, you know, um, in the survey, people saying you know, they don't believe the, the, the leadership role model yeah. um, plays a, a big part. And I think the other thing, the other two would be Glassdoor. So you'll see a lot of people, you know, feedback on Glassdoor and also um, feedback from candidates. So whether, uh, you know, so you might be spending a lot of time trying to find candidates for a job and then you get to the point and they don't take it up because they've come in and they don't, you know, they don't like the person they're going to be yeah. working for or they heard some rumour about your business. So you kind of reputationally, it can be both internal as well as external. I think I think that's really important. And a lot of people forget that. I was going to say, some, and that's what struck me there, is there's some really interesting ones and things that are easy to forget. Well, it is because I think as HR, you know, you traditionally you did your survey annually or biannually and you kind of used that and you spent six months creating plans and then you communicated it and then by the time you communicated it was time to do the next one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, whereas that's why I quite like the check-ins and the pulses because I do think you can keep you can keep across it um, much, much easier. So I think HR's role is a bit like a conductor. Yeah. It's to conduct the orchestra of all the things to and, and and be mindful that all of those things interconnect a bit like a jigsaw puzzle, yeah. but they can't be responsible for all of it. So they have to work with the leadership to make them realise that it's our collective yeah. rather than my collective um, objective. That makes sense. And then I guess the the fixing element of that is then going back to those six. I think points so. you mentioned earlier. Yeah. You nail those six points. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, we in our talent diagnostic, for example, you know, we talk about we we give you um, some some ideas around um, culture. So whether that's kind of you know looking at your values or competencies or onboarding, you know, they they, they we give you some practical ways in which you can do you know you, you can start to fix that. Yeah. Um, but they end up being initiatives. And for me, culture, yeah, yeah. it's not about initiatives. It's about actually systematic, consistent language, role modeling approaches yeah. that deliver the results and realizing that you're never going to fix the culture completely because it's not a thing. That makes sense. That it's not sense. in your gift. Yeah, 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 totally, 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 totally. Um, and, and, and on that point, just for the listeners, if you've, if you've not... Um, had a chance to take the talent diagnostic have a look on the uh, the let's talk talent website let's talk talent.co.uk and you'll see a, a link on the homepage. Um, it's a kind of a 25 27 question yeah. survey really simple uh, red amber green um, and then there's you, you'll receive a complimentary a really extensive report yeah. at, at the end of it so uh, definitely worth doing if you've if you've not done that already to finalise, Joe, last question, um, but it's a big one. Just to warn you, why? What, so why do you think that culture is such a big thing at the moment? Like everywhere you read in the press, culture, yeah. conferences, culture. Why do you? Why do you think it is at the moment such a big thing? Because I think people are looking at it. Because I think people are asking the wrong question. Yeah. I think they're trying to solve something that is a collective. Um, entity rather than a particular initiative driven yeah i think it's a bit like leadership development always being on the top of hrd's um agendas it's one of those things that is is constant yeah 
um, because the, because the way that we work and the way the social contract that people have with businesses has fundamentally changed. Yeah, it's much more a um, mutual relationship yeah. than it was, you know, when we both started work 20, 25 years ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which was much more what you're going to do for me. Yeah, it's much more about the mutuality of what the the business needs and the individual needs. Yeah, Reed Hoffman talked about it in the way he set up LinkedIn years ago. Years yeah, ago. yeah, yeah. Um, but I think a lot of people haven't got into that mindset. They're still looking at it like the factory model. So right. Jacob Morgan talks about a lot about the factory model versus the lab. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And most organisations are still in 19th century factory. So if you look at it in the 19th century, culture is a thing. Yeah. But if you look at it as a lab, it's an entity. Yeah, so right. the more yeah, we can yeah, start yeah, to yeah. move it into a lab, I think the more chance we have to kind of have some great experiences and stories to share. Cool. Joe, thank you. Really enjoyed that discussion. Um, thank you also to all of you for downloading. Once again, really appreciate it. Um, if you're new to the podcast, this might be the first one you've downloaded. Um, do take a look at our, our website or, or on iTunes. Um, we've now done a crazy number of podcasts uh, covering a number of different subjects. So do, do feel free to go and have a look through the library because some great, there's some great content on there. Um, so thank you very much and look forward to speaking to you on the next podcast.